The Florida Gators defense is going to be better in 2023 than it was in 2022, and I'm going to tell you exactly why here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. Hope you have a long weekend this weekend. And if you don't, sorry. I don't know what else to say about it other than that, but I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And before we get into it, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And today we're talking about why the Florida Gators defense in 2023 is going to be better than the Florida Gators defense in 2022 and I think the main reason for that is going to be the roster turnover, which is weird because usually when you talk about roster turnover, you think of a, a generally negative thing. Usually you say, oh, man, there's so much roster turnover. Like this team is going to be in shambles next year. Um, not exactly, though, because for from 2022 to 2023, Florida Gators, these are the defenders that they lost, whether it's due to the transfer portal or – pursuing the NFL. Ventra, Miller, Javon Dexter, Avery Helm, Trevez Johnson, Rashad Torrance II, Amari Bernie, Tradeen, Chris Thomas, Lloyd Summerall, Jalen Lee, Chief Borders, David Reese, Corey Collier, Donathan McMillan, Dewan Black, Kamar Wilcoxon, Brenton Cox Jr., and Jordan Young. It sounds like a lot of names, right? Because it is. But when you listen to that list and you hear the names that are on that list that are no longer with the Florida Gators, you go, okay, there's maybe, maybe four players on that list that their loss is going to hurt. But I mean, when, when you've got a list of, I'm not going to do the math, but we'll say 16, generally, 16 to 20. When 20 to 25% of that list are players where you're like, ah, oh, damn, that sucks. But that means 75 to 80% of that list is who cares? I'm fine with it. The huge majority of that list were depth pieces or starters that underperformed. Ventrell Miller is the only player on that list where I'm looking at it and I'm saying, damn, we're really going to miss him in 2022. But for the most part, no. Other starters that left, Javon Dexter. Look, I've been very critical of Javon for the past six-plus months where I'm saying, look, he's not looking like he's trying his hardest. He's content going, oh, you're going to double-team me? Great. That means other people have one-on-ones. No. You're supposed to be the star pass rusher. You were talked about as a potential first-round pick coming into the season. Do you know what that means as an interior defensive lineman? That means you shed those freaking blocks. Not just up. Oh, well, all right. Everyone else has one-on-ones. Cool beans. Y'all, y'all handle it. I'm gonna chill here. 
because the thing with Javon also was Gators fans going, ah, well, it's because he's so tired that that's why he's playing poorly. It's because he's so tired. And the other fan base, the other half of the fan base is going, he's got to reserve his energy because he's playing so much. So it's not that he's tired now. It's that he's trying to prevent himself from getting tired. Both of those reasons suck. You know that, right? Like whether or not they're true, they're not. He was just being lazy and he was, he's got his eyes on the, he had his eyes on the NFL and that's fine, but I'm not going to excuse it because of that. No, he played poorly. He played lazy. And that's what happens when you play lazy. Your your draft stock falls and tumbles a bit because you're supposed to be this athletic freak that was taking the next step, and you never took that next step. So that's on you. Um, losing Trevez Johnson, he was one of the worst starting nickel defenders in in the country in the SEC. He, he was bad. He's gonna still be in the SEC, which Missouri is your problem now. And I have nothing against him personally, but he's just not good enough to be a starter for Florida. Simple as that. Rashad Torrance, Trey Dean, I love them both. I, I know Gators fans, and I love them both, but could be replaceable. I had high hopes for both of them coming into 2022, and they both let me down. So those players, oh, well, say la vie, right? Players that came in from Manny Nunnery from Houston, Deuce Spurlock from Michigan, Cameron Jackson from Memphis, Caleb Banks from Louisville, Taraja Mitchell from Ohio State, as well as 12 defensive high school commits. You had a high school class of 20. 12 of them were defensive players, and they're going to come in and play pretty early. And here's the thing. I'm cool with that. You look at the freshman from 2022, Shamar James. You look at Kamari Wilson when he played his limited snaps. You look at Miguel Mitchell. Uh, you look at Chris McClellan, you look at the freshman, Devin Moore, the freshman came in and whether or not they played well, they played just as good as the guys who had three or four years of experience. So what, like, like they're a freshman and they're playing as good as the guys who have three or four years of experience, whether or not that's good or bad doesn't matter because at least you look at them and you go, okay, these are learning reps. These are reps that's going to improve them for next year and the year after that. You're going to see the same crap this year with Florida Gators 2023 recruiting class. You're going to see guys get way more snaps than you anticipated. And there's probably going to be some guys who get way less snaps than you anticipated. But the ones that are playing, you're looking at and you're saying, yeah, they're they're playing average. But guess what? So is our three-year starter. So I'm cool with a young guy playing average and getting those development and getting those developmental reps in. Like this is one of those instances where the Florida Gators trimmed a ton of fat from their roster and added some legitimate talent that can improve this team immediately and in the future. And I'm not the type of guy where every year, if there's players who leave, I'm not good riddance. Bye-bye. No, but this is a year where you lost guys who didn't play. You lost guys who, if they did play, didn't play well. And you lost guys who, frankly, had their heads up their own you-know-what. So if they're gone, is it really that bad of a loss? Because I don't think it is. I'm 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 perfectly content with this departure. I'm perfectly content with this turnover. And I think that the roster turnover, the losses suck, yeah, but the people coming in, I think, are way better than a lot of the people that you lost. Like, you lost Ventrell, and you cannot replace him, but Taraja Mitchell can try his best to do that. 
you lost Javon Dexter, and you can replace him. And Cameron Jackson or Caleb Banks can try to do that. You lost Amari Bernie, and you can replace him. Truly, I think Manny Nunnery can step in and play the Amari Bernie role immediately, but I don't even know if he'll have to because I'm thinking Shamar James is going to take that role. So you, you've you lost guys that were your starters, and you're replacing them either with guys on your roster that are now going to be starters and adding better depth, or you're adding new starters there that could be just as good or better than the guys that you already had. So this is one of those times where, and it's one of the few instances where you trim the fat and you get your roster a lot better. Whether or not that continues to happen, we'll see. Because genuinely, I think that the players that Billy Napier are coming in will be hard to replace when they're two or three years down the line. So, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We're going to talk about how roster retention is also going to help this Florida Gators team be better, this Florida Gators defense be better in 2023 than it was in 2022. But today's episode of Locked on Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn. So, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with, which we talk about incessantly on this show. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college that's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply thanks again for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and we just spoke about how roster turnover is helping the Florida Gators get better in 2023. Their defense get better in 2023 compared to 2022. Now we're going to talk about how retention helped this team is going to help this team get better in 2023 than 2022. And the first thing that we're going to talk about isn't on the roster. The first thing we're going to talk about is this coaching staff because Florida kept the huge majority of their coaching staff, especially defensively so i don't care how much gators fans might not like some of the members of this coaching staff i don't care how much some gators fans might not like patrick tony might not like jay bateman might not like mike peterson i don't care because here's the thing you're keeping them for another year at least And that another year is going to make this team better. This defense was bad in 2022. No one's denying that. I'm not denying that. I think schematically it was pretty good, but the defense performed poorly. And they showed flashes. So showing flashes and getting to be here for another year usually indicates, hey, they're going to be better this year. Which is also can I can we talk about this for a second? Where we're gonna we're gonna break away from the defense for a second because I need to talk about this this uh, hypocritical approach that Gators fans have, where Gators fans will look me in the eyes and say, "Yeah, Anthony Richardson was bad in 2022, but it was his first year as a starter. He showed flashes." 
He should come back for another year because he'll be better next year. We promise. But th the same Gators fans will look at this coaching staff and say, oof, they sucked. Get rid of them. Even though realistically, yes, this defense was bad in 2022. But they showed flashes. They should be here for another year because that means they're going to get better. It was Anthony Richardson's first year as a starter, right? It was his coaching staff's first year in the SEC. I, I genuinely think that those are comparable there. So, and and before anybody goes, what flashes? Utah, team played very well. First half, you defended the run very well. Second half kind of got away from you, but not enough to lose you the game. Missouri, defense played very well. Jaden Hill, that was the two-hit, two, two-pick game, I believe it was. Uh, that was Jaden Hill. South Carolina, killed them the entire time. Texas A&M, second half shutout. Hell, the Georgia game was ugly, yes. But that was maybe the point where this defense made adjustments, made some plays, and that was maybe the biggest game where you just looked at the team that you're, that you're lining up across and you go, damn, they're way better than us because... I still I brought up this play a couple weeks ago. Trey Dean down the right sideline in man coverage against Brock Bowers. Trey Dean made a great play. Brock Bowers just made a better one. So that that was maybe the game where you look at the defense and you go, okay, damn. Like, like you guys are making adjustments, which is what we've been asking for. You guys are getting more aggressive, which is what we've been asking for. You're playing more man coverage, which is what we've been asking for. But there are still some Gators fans who will sit there, look me in the eyes, and say, Anthony Richardson should come back for another year and he'll get better, but also replace the defensive coordinator and replace the defensive staff because it's been a year and they haven't gotten better. I hope me putting it in that way, from that perspective, helps anybody who had that sense realize how ridiculous you sound because you genuinely, truly sound ridiculous. And even on top of the coaching staff, coming back, back to retention, impact players, whether they were impact players in 2022 and will again be in 2023 or weren't in 2022, but will be in 2023. Prince Luman Mielin, who, like I said, I've sp I spoke to multiple scouts, scouts while I was down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and I had multiple people tell me, and I mean actual scouts, not just media people, like not like when I evaluate players, like actual NFL scouts, tell me they thought 33 was the best player on that defense in 2022. Princely Uman Mielin, best player on this team. Jason Marshall Jr. Again, I have nothing against him. I feel bad for him because I don't think he's ever going to be as good as Gators fans want him to be, and that's not his fault. That's Gators fans' fault, some Gators fans' fault, for putting that pressure on him when it's not deserved, just because he was a high-ranked recruit. Antoine Powell-Ryland got way better once he got the starting spot. Desmond Watson. Lost even more weight. So we'll see how he plays this year. Shamar James, he's back. Chris McClellan was a freak as a freshman. Kamari Wilson, I think, played all right, given his limited snaps. Tyreek Sapp, Devin Moore, Derek Wingo, Miguel Mitchell. There's a ton of young talent on this roster returning to Gainesville on the defensive side of the ball for 2023. This is a defense that is going to improve. I'm not asking... If you agree, I'm not asking what you think of it because I am telling you this is going to be a defense that for the Florida Gators is better in 2023 than it was in 2022. 
we're about to talk about the final thing that I think is really going to make this defense better, which is communication and IQ. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar. It's it's a New Year's season. Like, like it, it's we're through it, really. Like most New Year's resolutions have been given up on. But if you want to get back on track with yours, or if you're still sticking to yours and it's about getting fit, eating healthier, making your diet better, whatever it might be, less sugar. Make sure you include Bill Bar in your plan because the sugar thing kills me. I have a hardcore sweet tooth, and I'm not even kidding. I ate a pint of ice cream on Friday. Like I'm, I have a hardcore sweet tooth. But with Bill Bar, I can get my little. I can I can get my craving quick because guess what? It's coated in 100% chocolate, has just 130 calories, just four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Also, they're Finally, in store, so you can go to builtorbuildbar.com, go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can get yourself a built bar. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the final thing that's going to make this Florida Gators defense be significantly improved in 2023 compared to 2022, which is communication and IQ. I'm putting those two intangibles together because, and I know that I've spoken about this in depth before, and I know that. We've spoken about it off air, on air with people. We've gone through a lot of it, but this Florida Gators defensive system is not an easy one to learn because you ask so many players at every position to do things that the huge majority of other defenses won't ask them to do. Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer, they ask defensive linemen, to drop into coverage on, you know, five to eight percent of their defense of their past defense snaps. The huge majority of other teams will be like, hey, maybe once or twice per season we'll ask you to do that. That's not how it works in Gainesville. Linebackers, off-ball linebackers being used as pass rushers. That's not something that you see in every other defense, unless you're looking at like Arkansas or Missouri, where they run a lot of cover one and you're blitzing, but even then, not so much, and when you're playing cover one like that, and you're not blitzing, usually you're in man on the running back or tight end, whereas with Florida, you're in zone a lot, and you've got a lot of space to cover, especially when they call quarters, and you've got only three underneath defenders, and you got to hit the flat quickly, so that things like that, Safeties and nickels being used as pass rushers. Corners being used as pass rushers. Things that you very, very, very rarely see in the huge majority of other defenses, Florida asks their players to do. And that this defense struggled with that in 2022. They did. And the staff focused on bringing in high school recruits from complex defenses that give them a bit of leeway, give them a bit of an IQ advantage over the other high school recruits where we had coach Christmas coach, Chris Mitchell, who was on the show a few months ago after Jordan Castell committed to the Florida Gators. And Chris Mitchell was like, yeah, our defense is very similar to what the Florida Gators run. Bryce Thornton did very similar things to what Florida asked their safeties and nickels to do. Florida brought in players who have already shown they can do what Florida is going to ask them to do. They brought in guys who IQ-wise are already head and shoulders above other high school commits, other high school recruits. 
they get an, a, a little bit of an IQ advantage over other high school recruits. And this team should overall be smarter in 2023 than it was in 2022. And just in terms of being able to do what you're being asked to do. But another huge thing in 2022 that killed the Florida Gators were communication. A, a key issue, perhaps the biggest issue on this defense in 2022 was communication. It wasn't third and long. It wasn't run defense. It wasn't any of that. It was communication. Because you look at the Tennessee game, those busted plays downfield, that wasn't people getting beat. We, I've spoken about this ad nauseum here. We've all spoken about it ad nauseum here. The, the issue with coverage in 2022 wasn't just being bad. It was very rare that Florida Gators DBs just got beat in coverage. The huge majority of screw-ups and big plays were not getting beat in coverage. The issues were not playing the right coverage, and it wasn't because the wrong coverage was called. It was because they played the co- they didn't play the coverage that was called. And this isn't me saying, oh, I'm pretty sure they were supposed to be doing that. This is me saying that I have asked people in the program, hey, was this what was called and was this what happened? And they'll tell me, yep, this is what should have happened. I spoke to someone about trading against Tennessee, that one play up the sideline where the slot receiver just ran free. And I said, hey, like, was this a miscommunication? And you know what I was told? Trey should have just picked up the slot receiver. That's what I was told. That, that's what I was told there because there, and there are multiple times where you'll see a little hand signal or a little hand gesture. And if you don't know what the hand signals mean, then you're not going to know whether or not that was the screw up. But if you do know what the hand gestures mean, specifically that Tennessee game, then you know what the screw up was. The two main communicators in the secondary were trading and Trevez Johnson. I have no idea if Trevez Johnson made multiple mistakes in coverage in communicating his coverages, I know for a fact Tradine did. And at, at the second level, you got Ventrell Miller, who is the main communicator. He's the heart and soul of his defense. When he wasn't on the field, the defense suffered. Look at the one game he missed. Week three, South Florida. South Florida ran all over the Gators, running counter runs because – it was not Ventrell there. I don't. I, I know that it was Scooby playing that Mike linebacker role. I don't care who it was. It wasn't Ventrell, and and that's the real killer there. So, I think that it's going to be incredibly difficult to try and replace that leadership. But we'll we'll see what happens with it. But I think that on the back end, at least, communication is going to improve. I think at every level, defensive IQ is going to improve. That is going to in turn make your defense better. So thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For your second listen of the day, check out Lockdown SEC hosted by Chris Gordy. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.